Basically, I had just walked into the doorway of a, a sushi shop to buy some lunch, and it was within no more than five, 10 seconds, literally, that it, it just started and, you know, bricks and masonry came in and um, um, it was, yeah, I couldn't even, you couldn't even see outside because it was just thick dust. It was just, it was just white. I wasn't even aware of really what damage there had been done really. Um, and then, and then one day, um, I just had this major breakdown. Well, hello there and how are you today? I hope all is well in your world. It's a beautiful day here in Sydney and I'm delighted my guest today is Alan Cox and Alan is, hello Brit, we grew up not too far away from each other and Alan's now based in New Zealand and is the founder of Kimbo which is a really cool mental mental health and mental well-being app uh, which I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit but Alan hello good to see you how are you today? I'm, I'm, I'm very well thank you yes I'm, I'm very glad to be here thank you. Cool. So let's start. So you're in New Zealand. So um, I think it's Christchurch. Yep. Up in Christchurch. Been here 21 years. Uh, arrived just before the millennium. So uh, yeah, remember that time well. Wow. It's scary to think about 21 years since the millennium. Like, I think I I, 2000 doesn't feel that long ago, but wow, 20, what, 21 years. So, but you grew up in, um, in London and, um, and spent your, spent your time, uh, spent your time there. So what, what actually brought you from, from, you know, the, the far shores of, um, of, of the UK to, to New Zealand? What, um, what was your journey? I think there's probably a couple of um, drivers. Um, I think, like in the, I didn't really realize it at the time, but one of the kind of the underlying uh, issues that I think that I was in some ways running away from was that I'd had a bit of a, um, a bit of a poor upbringing as a child, and there was still kind of uh, residual issues there with uh, with my mum basically, um, and the job the job the job that I had at the time. Uh, involved me going over to California a couple of times and it was only, and I had to stay there quite a lot of time um, in a work setting and I really got to see the you know um, you, working to live rather than living to work you know and um, the first time I went out there I went back to my wife and said oh my god like you, you should you should come and see this like it's, it's amazing let's look at going over there um, then they sent me a second time and paid for my wife to come over and she got to see it for herself um, and yeah it was just it was just really the um, it was just like the cultural difference of um, you know not spending every every kind of hour of your life basically thinking about work you know like I, re I remember if I if I wasn't seen on a Saturday I, I would be frowned upon on a Monday you know and, and um, yeah so that, that was kind of the catalyst really. Okay wow and um, and just kind of rolling forward because I know just um, whenever you hear of Christchurch of course uh, 
one of the things that Christchurch has become famous for, of course, is the earthquake. And um, I know you were there during that time. But just talk, talk, to, talk to us about that experience, what it was like, and being there, what happened to you personally, because um, I know it had a, a huge impact on your, uh, on your life. Yeah, well, there'd already there'd already been um, there'd already been the, a fairly big earthquake the September before the big one, um, and in a way that was kind of quite a major event because you know up until that point we'd hardly felt a tremor. You know, I remember once there um, one of our good friends phoned us up and said did you feel that earthquake you know and no we didn't you know and so it, it you know earthquakes just weren't a thing right um and I think in the September one you know there was a few old buildings that kind of got damaged but it was it was it was, it was pretty much a, a not a major event you know um although it was like very very I remember it well very very scary when it happened um but the the February event um, really couldn't couldn't have come at a worse time. Really, it was it was really just around uh, just after lunchtime. Um, lots and lots of people out on the streets, um, struck pretty much in the middle of Christchurch, um, and you know our our offices was just I, I don't know if you know, but the seat the uh, the Canterbury Television Building or the CTV Building is. The one that came down that had most of the deaths and that was literally just kind of opposite our building so just see it just seeing all of the horror of that was pretty um pretty uh, terrible you know and it's hard it's, it's just hard to describe you know you've got you've just got um you know if, if you if you've, if you've ever seen pictures of like say the um night the 9 11 when like the buildings come down you've got people just walking around in a daze covered in it was kind of like that um my my personal experience was that there was a very old part of town um and you know literally i just walked into the doorway of a, a sushi shop to buy some lunch and it was within no more than five, 10 seconds, literally, that it, it just started and, you know, bricks and masonry came in and um, um, it was, yeah, I couldn't, e you couldn't even see outside because it was just thick dust. It was just, it was just white, you know? Um, and, and at the time you just run on adrenaline, right? You just, you just want, you know, you, I'm thinking about my, my wife and my kids and you know where the hell are they and all that you, you, you just work on autopilot right and I remember coming outside of the building and it was just there was about like two or three feet of bricks on the floor and I, I you couldn't see them I was just just scrabbled over those and um and it wasn't really until the next day that I saw pictures of where I was and just where the doorway was just across from that there was a car that was basically crushed to about half of its height. Um, it was it was kind of when I saw that um, that it really dawned on me and like really hit me what you know just how close I'd come kind of thing. Mm. Um, so I, I wasn't kind of injured as such, you know, but it was it, yeah, it was a it was a horrible experience. Wouldn't wouldn't want to go through that again. But what happened then? So that kind of um, 
I mean, an extreme um, experience obviously has an impact on um, on anybody who's going to go through that. So, but after that and the recovery um, for you personally, because you're, 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 what happened with the business and like your life, um, uh, what, um, what did you do to, um, to recover and to come to terms with that, uh, uh, that disaster? Yeah. Um, I, I, I was a business owner with, 12 or 13 staff right and um you your your first kind of reaction is look i've just got a you, you your mind isn't on yourself it's just kind of, you know in, in my case i was just thinking how do i protect their livelihoods how do i you know and um we couldn't get into our building we couldn't get our servers so there was like about two or three months of um a lot of struggle just to get up and running again really and um and you know in in hindsight you know at, at the same time people that weren't in a leadership position like myself and had gone through what i had gone through probably wouldn't have even been at work they would have like phoned up and said look i can't you know and that was, that was the norm for many people they said look i just i just can't come into work and then there's many people that didn't return to work for six months, 12 months. But um, I guess in hindsight, I, what I was basically doing was ignore, you know, I, I was, I had, I wasn't even ignoring it. I wasn't even aware of really what damage there had been done really. Mm. Um, and then, and then one day um, I just had this, major breakdown right and um i had no idea prior to that what a mental breakdown was um and you know the way i kind of explain it to people now is that your your brain kind of um has to shut down to a degree all the parts that it doesn't really need in order to survive. You know, it, it's getting so damaged that it, it basically says, look, I'm not, I'm not going to let you operate anymore. And in, in my case, um, I couldn't walk for more than about 20 yards. My speech was slurred like, I, like I'd had a stroke. Um, and I was only functionally awake for about an hour or two a day. You know, I was, I was just in bed the whole time. And um, yeah, so um, that 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 was probably the darkest time of my life, you know. Yeah. How long after the um, earthquake did that occur? Uh, that was probably about three months. Three months. Okay, so you kind of had this earthquake, and then you tried to almost operate like normal and just kind of continue and mm. protecting the staff and running the business, and then you know suddenly the body i guess had another uh, had other ideas and it just yeah. kind of shut down and forced you to um, so so how did you come back from that and uh, did you like how did you recover from that so once you um once you could only function for one hour a day and um, it mm. clearly is a limitation of what you could do but what what was your what what, what did you do how did you find the support that uh, that helped you to recover yeah, I, th I think I've got a bit of an unusual story there in the sense that my because of the severity of my breakdown, um, you know, I, I was under the care of 
I forget what they call it now, like the crisis team or whatever. And they they basically they basically took some time to say, look, you've you've got to kind of adjust yourself to understanding that it's going to be probably at least a year um, before you can be back at work. And um, one day, it was it was probably maybe two months after my breakdown, I, I hadn't, I just hadn't progressed at all. Um, or not much anyway, I was, I remember I was um, just sobbing a lot of the time. And um, for whatever reason, I, um, you know, I don't know if it was just serendipity or whatever, but there was a there was a program came on the TV called The Truth About Depression. And it's a program by the BBC. Um, and I think it's still available online for free, like on YouTube, actually. And I would, I, I do always encourage anyone to watch it, really, whether they are depressed or not. Mm. That that was the that was a big turning point for me because prior to that watching that program, I basically had the mindset that I've, I'm just one of those unlucky people with a fucked up brain and there is no hope for me. And I just couldn't see any way out whatsoever. Right. Um, and in terms of like where I was with my kind of mood and things like that, you know, it, it was just completely... You know, you have these like images of being in like in a grey cloud. Like this was just complete darkness. You know, like if if I was in a tunnel, I wouldn't know which end was which. You know, and that watching that program did a couple of really important things for me. One was that it it showed me that yes what's going on is in my head but there's actually kind of mechanical chemical things that are 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 causing that stuff and it's not just like like it was it was almost like for me that it was like an it was an imaginary illness right and what this program showed me is it's not actually imaginary at all you know it showed that my um, because of what I've been through, my my hippocampus would have been, you know, shrunk by twenty percent. I would have had, um, you know, all all of my um, neurological pathways would have developed in a way that are just not helpful to me. Um, over many years, I would have um, laid down many beliefs about me and the world that aren't helpful for me there have been chemicals in my brain that are doing all kinds of things um so that was one thing but the other important thing was is it showed that all of that stuff is reversible you know it's um yeah so that that was really like the the big wow turning point for me it was like it was like it was like the the it, even if it was a chink of light mm. a chink of light came on at the end of the tunnel that kind of gave me hope right okay. and um and that was really the, the start of my journey 
that's so that's such an interesting um, story. It shows the power, doesn't it, of getting the right information at the um, at the right time because you had a whole, uh, I guess, belief system about your current situation and that kind of sense of helplessness and um, there's no way out um, of this. And then just watching something that gave you information uh, but in a way that connected with you started that journey i've heard that so many times it's in, it's uh, it's really um it comes at you know it comes at the, the you know, it comes just when you need it uh, and it feels like you've been like pretty you know you're pretty down at that point you know in terms oh yeah of, um, i mean um i mean i um i don't i'm not proud of it but i mean there have been you know, mul multiple suicide attempts at that time. And, um, you know, th you know, I'm obviously very, very thankful that I wasn't successful, but you know, that that's how bad it was. You, you know, you're as yeah. low as you can get. You just didn't yeah. want to, you just didn't yeah. want to be here um, in yeah. terms of pain. So tell us what happened next. And so we get, so, you know, from that point, uh, from that part in your life, you know, so we understand you know, the, the earthquake and the devastation that that caused and the impact that had on you personally, and then the, the, the mental breakdown, the, the feeling of um, desperation, and then the sense of hope that came along simply by watching a, uh, a, a, a program, watching a documentary. So what did you do next? How did you, um, how did you um, get through and start on that journey to, to where you are now? Um... I think I think the main thing I did was started basically I, I, be I became um, basically interested in learning as much as I could. You know, I I just read up on literally everything. And actually, that's another important point because of my because of how I was, I couldn't even read a paragraph without forgetting what I just read. So I couldn't actually right. read anything, right? So okay. so I actually turned to YouTube um, and I was just watch, I was just consuming all of this content, every everything from you know Taoism, Buddhism, neuroscience, um, the effect of cold showers on depressed people. <laughs> right. Okay. So you were really opening your mind to knowledge and really yeah learning about all of these different concepts and uh, yeah and and I, and I do remember like um coming across you know well-researched material you know like with research papers you know um and then my clinicians would come around to check up on me and what have you and and I would tell them about this stuff and they they didn't even know it right <laughs> you know and um well, they've been trained in a particular um, That's right. protocol methodology. Okay. That's so, right. so, so what connected with you the most and out of that whole wide range of, um, uh, of, uh, of content, what, um, what really um, connected with you that really, um, you know, helped you embrace? Um, so, what what one one thing I did, um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of just jump back to your previous question of like what I did. Mm. One when I was when I was um, when I was on these YouTube channels, I base. Do you know how they come up with all the you know suggestions? Mm. Sort of thing? You're 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 watching that one because you're the other one. Watch all day. Uh, yeah, um, I noticed some of these 
um, some of these videos that had been created and uh, I, I would best describe them as kind of motivational compilations right and they these people I think like Mulligan Brothers is one one of the uh, people that does it um, they basically take all of these snippets of people saying stuff you know it could be Anthony Robbins you know Wayne Dwyer all kinds of people they put all of this imagery to it you know video imagery and this really emotive music and sounds and um I started watching some of these and they really resonated with me um but some things didn't and um I remember so basically what I did is I I ripped them to mp3 I cut out all the bits that I didn't like and when my wife went off to work in the morning and I had to go back to bed I would put my headphones on press play within five minutes I'll be off to sleep and this this content is playing right and I would just do that every day and within a few weeks I noticed myself feeling lighter and I started feeling better and the other thing that was really um, what I also noticed was even though I um, and this is kind of where it gets a little bit weird um, even though I wasn't consciously listening to much of the material because I was asleep what I found was is when certain situations happened where I would normally have a certain emotion or, or think a certain way that's not helpful I would have this new stuff coming forward right you know um you know may, maybe someone would pull across me in the car or something and normally I'd get angry I you know may even on the hooter and that kind of thing but I just noticed myself starting to go oh actually that person might not have seen me right and it was a wow. real change and um, yeah so you and yeah so I, I to cut a long story short I I just kept on playing this stuff whenever I could and I was back to work within like three months and, and my care my care workers said like what what have you done because like it doesn't make sense you should <laughs> you shouldn't be, be like, at least a year wow that's amazing yeah. <laughs> so you you almost immersed yourself in a new way of thinking and and just played it consistently until uh, until I guess it, it changed your yeah your view of the world the lens yeah. your belief system and that was that was kind of really important for me because um I remember trying all of these you know I'm, I'm a I'm a techie right you know so um the way my mind was I certainly couldn't do things like meditation right like I was just so much in the bottom of the tornado I couldn't do that right um and a lot of these other apps that I was either recommended or downloaded they they kind of demanded too much of me um and but this was this was a way that I didn't have to do anything you know like um just literally just listen and um yeah so like in, in answer to your question of like what was what was what was the change you know I think a lot of the change was kind of done for me 
Mm. You know, um, Be because of that, did, were you taking medication as well, like um, uh, antidepressants? Yeah, I was on antidepressants. Yeah. Okay, so you're on antidepressants. You were listening to content. You were using YouTube as a resource. Content that resonated with you. You created your own playlist, effectively, and then you yeah. um, you listened to that consistently um, yeah. until those words became part of you, and then you started to notice a change, and then you were back right. at working through it. Wow, yeah. it's amazing. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that journey. And then like to, to just bring it to the present, um, what happened? Because now you've built an app, you know, you're helping other people who are, who are also going through, and there's a lot of the people who are going through, um, going through struggles um, at yeah. this time. So mm -hmm. what then led to you developing your own, uh, your own mental, uh, mental health app? Um. Well, I, I, I had been involved in a number of other like startups and jobs and things. And I just come to like a transition, I guess, where it was kind of like, what what do I do next? And um, I've, I've pretty much always worked for myself. Um, and at that particular time that I was kind of thinking what to do next, there was an increasing awareness um both for me and in the media of you know just how bad things were getting with mental health you know there was um you know some well-known people like Avicii and um you know Anti Bourdain committed suicide and there's a whole bunch of others of well-known people um and um I think I think at that time I thought no I'm I'm going to do something about this. Um, so I I had a I think it had been a good like five years since my recovery, and um, just in terms of kind of just taking a bit of a, a data centric view for a moment. Um, when you look at the data, if you think of say ten, you're the best well being you can possibly be, and one is like your you know, say suicidal or something. Um, most people, like average people, if you like, they're only like a five or six, right? Most people just don't realize that they've got so much growth in front of them. And I, I had got myself by, you know, about four or five years ago, I'd got myself to a point where I genuinely think that I, I'm, I was probably like a seven or an eight, you know, it, it would take um, a lot to, you know, very hardly anything can stress me now. Um, and so I, I just knew the power of um, basically becoming mentally fitter, if you like, you know, developing that mental strength. And I just had a hypothesis, you know, based on how I had got back to well-being. I had a hypothesis of how I could create an app that was in a way similar, you know, like you all you have to do is listen. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to take time out of your day. You can play it in the car or um, while you're sleeping. Um, but something that had like a lot more science behind it in terms of you know, the content and the methodology and what have you. Um, so I, I, I basically researched that for about a year. Um, and then I took my proposals to some leading uh, 
clinicians in the field. And to be honest, I was expecting to get shot down, um, but I was really pleasantly surprised that they said, yep, yeah, it's, you know, that, you know, all these things, you know, I, I, I formed a hypothesis of all these different things that, that were at play in my recovery, you know, like um, there was education, there was repetition theory, there was psychoacoustics, there was uh, subliminal theory, there was, there was a whole bunch of different things there, it wasn't just one thing. Um, and yeah, they said, yep, you're pretty much on the money, that's how you would have recovered. Um, and yep, that sounds like a good plan for your app. Um, so um so i set out and i've been developing that for the lot when i say i'm i've been developing that you know our team has been developing that for uh two, two years just over two years now and um i'm yeah I'm, i couldn't be happier really because the the kinds of stories that we're getting back from people that are using it you know ones that have you know even been seeing psychologists for like a year and then they use the app um it's 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 really um it's amazing yeah it's amazing i I know i've already succeeded in a way (laughs) yeah it's wonderful it's wonderful and the app's called akimo um is it akimo is that it's um it's called akimbo uh, Akimbo, sorry which is uh, an old english word that refers to the um the the strongest part of an archer's bow right okay um yeah it's called it's called akimbo we we might actually be going why i say we might but we we are going to be going through a name change uh shortly because um just some like copyright issues around the name but um um it's it's called akimbo now (laughs) okay maybe maybe because something different in in a while i love what you say though around like because you've got that extreme experience that you had where on the scale of one to 10, you were like one um, at some point, you know, one, two, and then you've kind of brought yourself back to a seven, uh, which is amazing. And you're consistently at a seven through the, uh, through the, um, through the app. Has anything changed though in your situation? Because I guess what I'm, what I'm curious to know is you had an acute um, traumatic experience um, uh, in terms of the earthquake and that triggered a, a situation. If something like that occurred to you like now, would your recovery be better or different because you've now created, um, like you've educated yourself, you've um, you supported, because life events occur to us all, you know, mm. sometimes big events like you've described, other times, you know, smaller events, and it's how we react to those things that really make a difference. You know, yeah. we're all about equilibrium, finding equilibrium. And what you described was a big event that really pushed you out of equilibrium and you remained out of equilibrium for a long while until you found yeah. some tools and then started to build your habits around using those tools to find yourself back in equilibrium. So, and, yeah. and let's say many people settle for a five or a six to be back in equilibrium, but what you're saying is it shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't settle for that. We should be a seven or eight. And um, so that we can do that consistently. And yes, events come along, which will push us um, out of equilibrium, but we don't need to go to that place where you were we have an opportunity yeah. to, to, to come back um, uh, yeah. quicker. I think it's around, it's around the speed. We're not saying you're not going to get in, impacted because of course you are, but yeah. it's, it's around that, that recovery process. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious to know whether you've completely changed the way you look at the world and your belief system around those things because of what you've done, which means that's made you more resilient um, mm-hmm. 
yeah. which means you bounce back quicker if you like, or or whether it's I've misunderstood that. I, I'm yeah, I, I think I think there's probably it's again it's not just one thing. I think um, I mean part part of being resilient mentally is 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 very is a very big part of that is is physiological right so um so if you are in kind of good mental fitness you know you'll you'll have you'll have a, a better kind of um chemical composition you'll have um better um you know neurological wiring in your brain uh, and I'll, I'll just i'll just give i'll just give an example of that to make that real right um so one a, a particular kind of neurological wiring could be that there's a little circuit in your brain that says when somebody looks at me in a certain way that means that basically triggers this pathway that says be scared of that person because they 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 don't like me right um and with knowledge you basically can become to understand actually that is probably nowhere near the truth you know that's that's a that's a gross assumption um so if you if you train your brain to basically not do that you know and, and in fact if someone looks at you in a bad way you just literally don't pay any attention to it those pathways form and and that's just one small example of how you 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 literally rewire your brain to be healthier so that when things happen to you like externally you may not even notice them so so um so part 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 i th i think part of resilience is about um is about strengthening your mindset so that when an event happens it just doesn't have anywhere near the level of impact right mm. but i think the 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 even more important thing that i think is often overlooked is the frequency of things that have an impact on you decreases in proportion to the level of mental fitness so like i'm um i'm i'm in a situation now where I mean, I, I even I work in a co-working space, and people lark about, and they might, you know, come up behind you in the kitchen and go, you know, on your shoulders, and and they get frustrated with me because I literally don't react, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, and they go, Jesus, Alan, how do you do that? And I, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean to, I'm not saying that as a show-off thing. It's just that you, you, you you do get yourself in a position where things that would normally have brought that you know brought you down you don't even notice them anymore so it's right? so interesting so really uh really yeah. really calm 
let i'm conscious of time here yeah. uh, i'd love to talk to you for you know for a lot longer but just just kind of wrapping it up now so in terms of your own personal um habits and your, your what i call your your own equilibrium toolkit like what are the habits and practices that you do now to keep yourself in that um that state of equilibrium or at least to get yourself back there when um, when events uh, when events uh, occur um yeah. you know I'd, I'd love to um to understand what you do now um, yeah. uh, on a consistent basis um pro probably the um other than i'm just continuously learning right um i'm always reading new things but probably um in in, in the sense of an actual tool um i i taught myself how to do meditation um in a, you know without needing an app you know and you and, and one one of the big things that i do um is to is to kind of do micro meditations just about any time anywhere whenever i need it you know um i will i will basically uh, meditate while the while the traffic lights are changing right um so it's almost like a reset to calm your yeah, nervous and, system um, and i think a big part of that is is also really start basically noticing yourself right i think one of the big problems that i certainly had before and i think a lot of people do is they just push through you know they might be tired they might be you know stressed or what have you um i think one of the biggest things that i i do nowadays is the moment i notice that i'm starting to drop i just stop work interesting so no. you're much more in tune with your body um, much more in tune and um you know like you know as i say i'm in a co-working space and I, I i don't i don't get embarrassed about just you know putting my headphones on putting i, I put my sunglasses on <laughs> in the <laughs> office that, that's so yeah. cool that's and so i just cool. go and do that you know mm. so what, what about things like food and exercise did you make any changes in those um in those um in those areas um i i, I probably i not a huge amount i think i i think i do heat eat probably healthier than what i did um but i think that's probably still a bit of a, a journey i'm still on oh. yeah okay that's cool and on the continuous learning so what what are you what are you reading um like what what um you know, resources do you um, do you consume that really inspire you and uplift you? Because where we are now, and it's an interesting time. You know, interesting um, might not be the right word to describe it, but it's an interesting time. And I'm talking to you now because uh, right now we're in a, we're in lockdown here in here in Sydney. And of course, when you look at the news, of of course, it's very fear-inducing, very um, almost like. Um, dramatic you know the way it can come across which is mm. the opposite to what you're describing you know because <laughs> so i don't know do you expose yourself to um content like that as well um in terms of um in terms of news that can be very anxiety um inducing um or, or do um, you that type of yeah thing? i mean I, I do watch the news every day and um it's, it's one it's, a, it's something that i so like one one of the things that I've read quite a lot about is is stoicism, 
and I think I think that's something that's quite misunderstood. You know, I think to be stoic is is often perceived as being like lacking emotion and just being not you know not really caring about you know or, or just you know that stiff upper lip and all that. But um, it's not really that at all. Um, what is stoicism? Um, just for so 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 basically stoicism is is basically I guess the philosophies of the ancient Greeks. Um, you know they 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 um, they did all these writings. You know uh, what was it Aurelius or what have you? I can't remember their names now. But um, you know they it's it's basically you know some some of these. Um, uh, Greek emperors basically would, you know, write down their teachings on how I would, I, I, I would basically describe it more about how to be a good human, right. you know, how, how to live as a good human. Um, and I've got quite a lot from that, you know, like, for example, cho choosing your characteristics, you know, what, what, one of the big things um, that probably comes from stoicism is that future view you know like if you um if you can imagine people uh reading out your um what's it called your eulogy you know if there was like three characteristics that they say like alan was this this and this mm. what would you really would like those do? to be and um and you know once once you've once you've basically defined, you know, you, you know, there's a whole bunch of characteristics, right? But if you basically think, yeah, I want to be known as, you know, I was incredibly honest. I always, um, you know, I was ch charitable um, and I was hardworking <laughs> or whatever, whatever they, those yeah. three things are. You can then start living your life that way. Mm. rather than it just being kind of a bit scattergun if that makes sense yeah that makes sense it's like developing a brand isn't it it's like these are my character qualities i want to be honest um kind yeah. you know compassionate or whatever and then yeah, yeah and then it's uh, well how do we actually um turn that into a reality yeah i really love that but, but i don't i don't kind of i don't um I don't just subscribe to one thing, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer in like, you know, re read a book on, you know, the, the Tao and um, Buddhism and all that. And, you know, if 95% if of it doesn't really correlate with you, then that, that's fine. But if you get 5% that does, you know, um, yeah. No, I, I like that. So it gives you that why. It's like traveling, isn't it? You know, if you yeah. do, if you keep going to the same country over and over, then that's yeah. interesting. But you get a very different um, mindset if you travel to lots of different countries. And it's yeah, the same right. with books. If you just keep reading the same book, or the same, <laughs> then you become very focused. Whereas to that's really, right. I think, strengthen and open yeah. your mind, it's good to yeah. expose yourself to a lot of different ideas, a lot of different concepts, and yeah. and look for the connections. Because many yeah. of these ancient um, philosophies they use different words different language but there are some core principles about being a good human that yeah. they all have in common so yeah. alan i i'd love to talk to you because you, you mentioned buddhism and i know you've been you've done some really interesting i'd love to talk more about that but we're going to have to save that for a future a future episode um where can people uh, find and uh, find out uh, about the um about the app and find out more about uh, about you um well i guess there's uh, so about me there's my linkedin page and i also have um 
I also have a blog like, sorry? Alan Cox, yeah, C-O-X. And I also have a blog, alancox.me. I have a website, alancox.me. I haven't got a whole lot on there, but it's got a bit more about my story. Um, so you can connect with me there. Um, the app is, um, so if you want to find out about the app, um, there's the website um, akimbo.life, so A-K-I-M-B-O.life. Um, but you can just literally go straight to your um, app store now and download it for free. There's what, what you know, because, because we are a social enterprise, one of our one of our core principles is that we didn't want money to be a barrier to um, well-being. Um, so there's a comprehensive um, free content in there. Uh, so it's not like one of these try it for so many days and then then you're out kind of thing. You've you've, you've you, there's plenty you've got of it there for, good. for free. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Let me acknowledge you, Alan, for the amazing work that you've done. Thank you for spending time with us and sharing uh, your story. I'm sorry you've gone through such, you know, such challenges, but I think your story really brings to life something I say often is that on the other side of adversity is um, is growth. And it's just mm. when you're in that those dark moments, it's good to remember that because you know yeah. that things will get better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and your story is certainly testament to that. So thank you for spending time with us and uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you everyone for your attention and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.